0: Don't worry, I didn't fall off the wagon. We just took a few weeks off over the summer while I concentrated on a few other projects, but more on that later. This is Wet and Dry, the podcast about sobriety, moderation, midlife crisis, pubs, male drinking culture and friendship. Welcome back to season two of wet and dry. They said it would never make season two. Uh, Matt, how are you?
1: I'm not talking to you.
0: And it didn't make season two. Uh, Why are you not? Is this because I didn't reply to your text messages? Well, I mean,
1: you haven't been replying to my text messages, to be fair, but that's not the main. I mean, I guess happens in all creative partnerships, creative groups. Beatles has started with Robbie left. Take that. You know, look at uh, One Direction. That one of them left, I'm not sure which one it was. But I thought we'd be more Ant and Deck, more Morecambe and Wise. But we're not, Jeff.
0: Everett. You've changed. I think I know where this is going. I now. mean it
1: started. I'm thinking it started. What was a guy that likes you and not me? I've said him. Ha haiku dad.
0: Haiku Dad, I yeah. I think
1: he got into your head early on, but then it moved, didn't it? When we did what was her name from Club Sober? Laura. Yeah, we did a little thing with her. She loved you. Next thing you know, you're doing a Solo little thing for her, yeah?
0: With Adrian Charles. With
1: Adrian Charles. I asked for us to do it with Adrian. I asked, and I noticed you maybe tagged it on the end of the episode so people can <laughs> look at it. But that's not just it. I think episode about four or five. Bruce Daisley. Yeah, a really He's good, late, good friend of yours. Really like, probably good my friend. best friend for 25 odd years. I find out now you're doing a podcast with him, aren't you? Yes yeah, a little
0: side project.
1: Bet you return his text, don't you? <laughs> we made season two, but we're not more and Wise in bed together we're having a cup of coffee now. I'm down the road, I'm Pete Best for the Beatles.
0: I preferred it, I think, when I was Robbie Williams and you were Gary Barlow. But just remember, (laughs)
1: Gary comes back stronger. (laughs) Yeah, I lose a bit of weight. (laughs) I I reform the band and everyone loves me. I become a national treasure. So just mark that in words.
0: And how's that going? Did they all stay with you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to forgive you. I'm hoping that you will redeem yourself by getting Adrian on with us.
0: Adrian, if you're listening, you're all that will save our friendship.
1: <laughs> but we are back for season two, you're right. The powers that be have recommissioned us. That's you. Um, <laughs> and we're back here. And I'm very excited. How have you been, Jeff? We had a little a little summer break. How have you been?
0: I mean it's been busy over the summer for you. Uh, So it's been a really busy summer. I think I preferred it when the kids were being homeschooled. But we've been we've seen each other a fair amount over the summer. We have seen each
1: other a fair amount just not recording.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah it's been far too busy for that.
1: So so just I mean we are in season two. You've done quite a bit of sobriety. I, I just wanted to pick on a few things that I've learnt because this was supposed to be a journey, a journey of discovery for you, but I've it's been a bit of a journey of discovery for me. But I guess the first question I have to ask you is, it's been a pretty nice summer in terms of the weather. It's been a, a pretty weird summer in terms of the COVID situation. Have you been tempted? Have you had a drink?
0: I haven't had a drink unless you count the night that I had a non-alcoholic beer and Catherine had a real beer and I accidentally took a sip from her glass. But I, I think I'm, I'm... I think he can let you off exactly. that one. My, my conscience is clear, I think, on that one. Although the panic in Catherine's face. <laughs> That's my one. Um, so apart from that, no, it's been good. I will say there were a couple of really tempting moments. Yeah. And George Lucas is to blame. As he is normally. In a roundabout way. Are so you
1: doing a podcast for George? <laughs>
0: Jesus Go on. No. What did you and George do? No, it's mu- <laughs> no, it's much looser tie than that. We went glamping in Suffolk, right. and uh, not far from Adnams, actually, uh, home of Ghost Ship. And the the thing I hadn't appreciated, you go in any high street in Suffolk, and there's an Adnams shop.
1: Hold what? on, you didn't go glamping, you, the kids, and Fergus.
0: Is that <laughs> another thing you've done with one of our past guests? You're now going camping with Fergus.
1: So you and Fergus in the tent together. <laughs>
0: No, although there's definitely a podcast in brewing, uh, Fergus, if you are listening. What's fascinating and definitely something I used to enjoy is finding new beers. And there was a co-op in uh, a small little seaside village and I can't remember the name of it. And they had a Stormtrooper beer, Ooh. Uh, like properly branded Star Wars. I really wanted to buy a can and see what it tasted like. And that... Over the whole year, that's the most tempted I've been to drink. was, I was just because I really wanted to know what it tasted like. <laughs> and I did buy the can, and Catherine had to drink it and tell me what it tasted like, and apparently it was fine. That's I the only think time. the most tempted I've been, other than yesterday... Which was just one of those really hellish work days. You mean when
1: you were talking to Julia Roberts on the phone? (laughs) Drop another name in, why don't you? I did the washing up yesterday. That was it.
0: Go on, you and Richard Curtis and Julia Roberts. So I had a really busy day yesterday, (laughs) and I'd been I'd been sort of writing for about fourteen hours, and it got to the end of the day, and it was the overriding feeling was God, I've really earned a drink now. Um, well, did you
1: did you have a non-alcoholic drink? At I did day? have
0: a non-alcoholic drink and actually it really wasn't a good one. And I didn't drink half of it. So yesterday was a day when I, I could have really gone to a favourite drink, poured a glass of wine yeah. and gone. I've earned this today. That was a really hard day. But
1: you have stayed
0: off the booth. Yeah, I haven't drunk anything. I've drunk a lot of different beers. I think in the last episode we said I would start ranking them which I've made a start on. Good boy. I've been taking photos of lots of beers outside pubs. I I look like a really bad Instagrammer. (laughs) Uh, So I I think I've nearly got enough now to start putting up a list. I've done about 20.
1: Yesterday, I wasn't speaking to Julia Roberts or Richard Curtis, but I was thinking about what we've done so far. And I was just jotting down some of the points that I think I've got, from this experiment as it was so far, which I didn't think I would have, I thought this was all going to be about you, but in a way, it's been a little bit about me. Shall I tell you a few of them?
0: Go on, what have you learned?
1: The first one is, I think I have learned that going out with someone who doesn't drink is doable. (laughs) I can still be friends with people who didn't drink. However, what I would say is, I find it easier... If the person who's not drinking is drinking non-alcoholic beer, they have the same thing in front of them. Maybe it's a visual thing. That makes it feel all right for me.
0: Um, are, are you drinking with other non-alcoholics?
1: <laughs> I have <laughs> I, had have, a drink. Have,
0: sorry, have you, have you sidelined <laughs> me? Have you got other non-alcoholic right, friends? Well, I've got to
1: look for season three because <laughs> you're going to be off with someone else. So, Anyway, that's a, the second thing is I didn't realise just how big the non-alcoholic world is. I am now following, there was a guy, I think it was called Tim, and he's now changed it to Alcohol Explorer. I'm really enjoying his tweets. uh, Sober source guys, other people. There's a whole world out there. And I find it quite fascinating and quite interesting.
0: There was a period a couple of weeks ago, wasn't there, when we accidentally uh, started what seemed like a small diplomatic incident.
1: About the 3%? Yeah,
0: about what they call in Australia, they call mid-strength beers. I lived in Australia for a couple of years, and one of the biggest gripes of Australians is that when you go to a sporting venue, they won't serve you a beer above about 4%. You can only get mid-strength beers. And so all the big Australian lager brands all have a lower alcohol version that is sold in sporting venues and partly obviously australia is bloody hot so actually if you're on the sauce at the cricket all day long that's really just not very (laughs) healthy whereas a lower abv drink is is a bit better for you not much better for you but a bit better for you so i'm quite used to those mid-strength beers from my time there. But I I sort of don't see the point of them now as someone who's not drinking. I mean, the first thing we did when we set the rules for this podcast was say that non-alcoholic was anything under 1%. So they don't serve that market. And I don't understand the circumstances under which someone thinks to themselves, I'll replace this 4.5% beer with a 3% beer. I just don't know of anyone who really thinks like that.
1: I'm probably the wrong person to ask, but,
0: but no. But I think there was a concession, I think, from you at the end of series one where you said if you wanted a lunchtime beer or to extend a day yeah, out. So
1: so I'm going to make an awful confession now, a terrible confession. Uh, and you've done this to me, and maybe the, the alcohol-free community has done this to me. I went out uh, last week, I, I had a, a big... A lunch and went out in the afternoon I had to be up in the morning without telling anybody I substituted twice <laughs> a non-alcoholic beer into the round what I had to do though was buy two and pour them into a pint glass so that no one knew what I was doing so I went to the bar we were allowed to go to the bar in this place and I bought the round I ordered mine first and a pint glass I took the others over and as I was doing that I filled mine up so I did actually have two non-alcoholics in the rounds and you know what it served a purpose because I'd already been drinking I'd had three pints already I didn't feel like I was missing out because I still had that buzz it wasn't the best brand to have but I was still drinking probably didn't finish it and I did it again a little bit later so There is a place for it and I do think this is one of the points I wanted to make today was I sometimes think the way this is marketed or the way this is spoken about is missing a point. There is a place for how you drink them, where you do substitute some in and I think in your little talk with Adrian Charles, (laughs) you and Adrian were having your lovely little chat. He mentioned it. Adrian said to Jeff about having a little one in between. And he made some point about the fact that he was talking to a guy and saying, are all those pints you have good pints? And actually, once you've had two or three and you've got that buzz, putting another one in that doesn't get you more drunk, but allows you to drink on, is worth it. And it's why I think if they had it on tap, it would make everything so much easier. So I, I agree with you that way, even for someone who drinks, if they're going to, you know, if there is a place for non-alcoholic beer, which I, which I now say there is, that's a place for it for people who are not giving up. So I'm saying you can widen it. I wouldn't have gone for a 3% beer because, like, I'm going to have a four and a half and I'll have 3%, there's no real point in having a little well, bit Well, you say
0: that, I mean, just purely mathematically... That's your other option.
1: Hold on, what? You th- you've you just been arguing against it? Now. Well, You're no, arguing for no, you.
0: what I'm saying is I don't know anyone who thinks like this, but the argument is that three 4% beers and a non-alcoholic beer is the same as four 3% beers. Jeez. You either skip around in the way that you did at 4% or you drink all four at 3%. I genuinely don't know anyone who thinks like that, but I guess for somebody who wants to reduce their alcohol intake without changing their lifestyle at all, dropping from a 4.5% beer to a 3% beer is at least a step.
1: I'd go back to, I guess... I know I talk about it in a bit. I, I like his Twitter feed. I think he's now called Alcohol Explorer, is he? I think from seeing one of his Twitter things, he woke up somewhere with no money, decided that he wasn't good for. I'd like to get him on, actually. Uh, from what I get from him is on Fridays, he'll have a drink, yet he doesn't want... He substitutes in a non-alcoholic on, on the rest of the days. I can see that, and I can see shaking substit- some of your beers out and substituting them in. I think it's a much mental thing as anything. And if you're going to go from 4% to 3%, in your head, you're still drinking alcohol. And I think if you then go to a non-alcoholic beer, it feels like I'm breaking that cycle. I'm actually, I'm in control. I'm still in control of my drinking because look, I'm taking a non-alcoholic beer here, whether it's Monday to Thursday or whether it's, I'm having six pints, two of which will be non-alcoholic. I think that's a psychological thing that I'm in control and you're teaching yourself some sort of restraint towards alcohol. And... That's why I think two things. First of all, having it on tap is important. And also maybe more talking about, look guys, you don't have to give up alcohol completely. But having some sort of restraint, having some sort of control on it while still enjoying it, it's a positive thing. And maybe we would have less alcoholic problems if more people went to that sort of way of going.
0: We moved away from the subject, so I didn't get the chance to say. Genuinely, actually quite proud of you. (laughs) Um, Because I've known you for (laughs) quite a while, and I know that that was a real conscious decision for you. Massive. It was
1: a conscious decision. And you know what? It's something I wouldn't have done or even thought about doing without this podcast, and also without the community of people I've spoken to.
0: Have you noticed as well, one of our friends, Mick, sent a picture of him at a bar drinking some non-alcoholic lager, even if this only spreads the message around perhaps some some close friends. But I genuinely feel like there's more people slipping in the odd non-alcoholic drink.
1: I think it was something I'll do moving forward more. There is something that... I don't want to say this because I hate the fact. Like, in a way, because I you know I'm set up to be wet, and I do like a drink. And I've often said I, I feel I sometimes feel that from certain people that we've spoken to, the kind of drinking is bad. Drinking is rubbish. You know, you're all alcoholics, and you know you can't do. I don't believe that, and I do think there is a place for disgraceful drinking. Yeah, I'm going out and getting hammered, and you know, there's some funny stories that come from it. I wouldn't take that away. I'm also beginning to see there is a definite place in the drinking market for substitute beers that taste good and allow you a, a bit of control. B to carry on the night or the afternoon without getting too hammered at certain times. And and yeah, I would never have done that before, and I was quite shocked when I did it. And I was thinking, do I do it or not? Am I letting myself down? I thought no. Okay, I know I've got, I'm drinking for X amount. I know, let's do it. Let's see what happens. And after the first one, I mean, it wasn't the best lager I got. You can probably imagine which one it was. Yeah. Um, but it felt okay. And then I had another pint, then I did it again. And I was like, okay, that worked. I went back, I even told my wife. I was like, that's what I did. And she was like, wow. So yeah, I think it goes hand in hand though with, we said we'd do it. And now I'm more, you've got to get alcohol free on tap. Being able to go to the bar and order a pipe, being pulled, coming back like everyone else, is a massive difference. And and they've got to do that. The brewery's gotta do it. So so the fellow from Sober Source, who was fantastic, all those beers that he's found out, you know, get some of those in so people have got a choice. You know, let's let let let's make it like like we just talked about there, that you don't feel left out. That's a way forward. I think, you know, AF on tap is is, is a way forward.
0: I've been thinking about how season two of this podcast is different from season one.
1: Was it one of the differences that I'm not in it? (laughs) Julia Roberts. uh, Yeah. Adrian Charles.
0: Bruce Daisley. It's all right. I'll, I'll stick with you for Thanks, that. Thanks, mate. And we can exclusively reveal that you are back for season two.
1: <laughs> hey, I made the cut.
0: Season one was very much about finding out some of these things. Season two is now trying to work out what I'm going to be doing in January. But it's just occurred to me in the last five minutes of chatting to you that it's also about finding out what you're going to be doing in January. <laughs> because there is, a, there is a growing danger that what actually happens is we agree to meet in the middle.
1: I don't think we'll ever meet exactly in the middle, but if we were at North Pole and South Pole, I'm definitely on the train moving a few stops up the line.
0: All right, so it's in Europe rather than at the equator, but, but we've, we've made some progress. <laughs> we've definitely
1: made some progress.
0: All right, and on that, uh, actually, that is, the on perfect, the <laughs> that is the perfect point. Uh, I can see our guest has popped up on the screen, so we'll chat to her after this. So, you'll have heard Matt mention Julia Roberts a couple of times in this podcast, and that's because I've just finished making a documentary with Julia and Richard Curtis. No biggie. It's called Nations United, and you can listen to it in all the usual podcasty places. And it sounds a bit like this This is a very important story. The important story. I'm Julia Roberts, and in the
1: midst of COVID-19, we have a historic opportunity to look at the world as it is. We are living in a world where things are not the way we want. The whole planet is
0: at stake. The way we have been moving leads nowhere. While we are all floating on the same sea, we are not in the same boat.
2: Our climate, our
0: environment is at risk. The next 8 to 10 years is going to determine the quality of life for the next 100 to 200 years.
2: Overnight, another onslaught from an ever-expanding inferno. I can't believe this is real. All I want is my family. We're getting a world which is
0: unequal, which is sexist, which is racist. We have systems that are discriminating against people. There's a certain outrage for injustice right now in every sphere.
2: George called for help, and he was ignored. Have we done enough? No, we have not.
0: And there's so much that needs
1: to be done. In the 75 years since the United Nations was founded, the human race has never had to face a set of challenges like we do right now. But together, we can overcome them. This is Nations United. Urgent solutions for urgent times.
0: So we were talking a little bit earlier on about the various fights that we've started on Twitter with with non-alcoholic issues there's still a member of the uh, 3% community who won't forgive us I think but it's been really interesting to come across new products and I didn't really expect that during lockdown there would be many new products coming onto the market we've all been you know distracted but it turns out someone was sitting at home and thinking i know what the world needs it needs another non-alcoholic spirit added into this mix and i have to admit it's a spirit that isn't necessarily my go-to of a thursday morning at 10 o'clock
1: it is a spirit that's my go-to at most evenings so. <laughs>
0: it's a pun- Spirit to pick for non-alcoholic too Our guest today is is Fern who is behind the Spirit, who I met on Twitter. (laughs) Fern tell us the story, what have you invented and why have you come up with it?
2: Okay, cool. Yeah. Hi, guys. So basically, during lockdown, I decided to develop and launch a non-alcoholic tequila. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on.
1: (laughs) During lockdown, I decided that maybe I'd get up half an hour early and not eat as much (laughs) chocolate. You decided to create a non-alcoholic... There must be a background to that. You can't just go up in the morning and thought, what am I going to do today? Learn French, can already speak French. I'll do a non-alcoholic tequila, of all
2: things. (laughs) Yeah, well, basically, my background is working in the alcohol industry. So I was a brand manager for a gin company. And then I've always been interested in non-alcoholic spirits, though, and I was kind of tinkering around, playing with them. And then I just saw a massive gap for a tequila because I personally am obsessed with, like, Mexican food, Mexican art, Mexican fashion, everything. And then I just thought, why is no one doing tequila yet? So when, during lockdown, I was furloughed, like a lot of people were. So I got taken down to very, very minimal hours with my job. And rather than complete Netflix, I decided to um, (laughs) develop a non-alcoholic tequila. (laughs) Where'd you start with that? Yeah, I just like... I do really enjoy tequila and I know that it's got a bit of a bad reputation in the UK of obviously sending people a bit loopy and you know doing 10 shots of it on a night out but I do enjoy nothing wrong with that (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean no judgment (laughs) um but yeah so I kind of went through all the tequilas that I like and then I started trying to pick out what it is I like about them so whether it was like the sweetness or the smokiness or, and I basically came shortlisted all the things which I enjoyed the most about tequilas. And then I decided to try and replicate that, but not in an alcoholic version, obviously.
1: When you did this, I mean, I, I presume you haven't got a distillery underneath your flat or your house. How do you go about
2: doing that so at first I was experimenting with different extracts at home and just adding them to water and seeing if we could get this sort of tequila tasting drink um and then
0: so this did start with you in your kitchen with various bottles of experimental homebrew tequila or or, you know mock tequila
2: yeah it's incredible but yeah I don't actually obviously have a distillery or anything so I needed to consult with someone who knew really what to do on a larger scale. So I kind of came up with the recipe myself and then I took it to a consultant who helped me work out what that would be if we made a hundred bottles or 200 bottles or 300 bottles and how we could scale it up. So I took the recipe that I'd kind of made and then we went to a distillery. And we sourced the agave from Mexico and we started to do this on a bigger scale than obviously just me.
1: <laughs> on, in terms of tequila,
2: because mm-hmm. I have to say
1: my tequila experience is end of the night. Boom, <laughs> boom, boom. And I probably don't savour the taste, which you clearly mm-hmm. do. What in your mind makes a good tequila? What What are the flavours that go into to make a good tequila? Because clearly that there are people who have a, you know, a tequila because they like that flavour,
2: what, what comes in it. So what would make a good tequila? What do you look for? For me, personally, I like the smokiness of tequila. I also like the sweetness of, there's sometimes like an aftertaste of maybe a bit sweeter. So those were the kind of things that I tried to hone in on was, yeah, capturing the smokiness but also making sure that it was sweet enough to kind of go into a cocktail and that you wouldn't necessarily realize that it was missing the alcohol. So yeah, like yeah. um, like a margarita is a perfect one, which is really simple to make, but there's not really a non-alcoholic place for what should be the tequila, I guess. So I tried obviously with other different non-alcoholic spirits, but a lot was just more veering towards gin or maybe rum. And so, yeah, I wanted to capture what tequila is like, but not alcoholic so that everyone can enjoy it.
0: That's my question really is why not alcoholic? What is it about the alcohol free? And we should say, actually, I don't think we've said the, the name of the product yet. So it's called Mockingbird. I presume yes. tequila <laughs> Mockingbird um, I
1: would never have got that. <laughs> that's, why I'm the th- that's why I'm the thick one. That's very clever. No, you're the cleverest person I know now.
0: <laughs> tequila Mock Mockingbird, I like it. And obviously, it mocks being a tequila. It's a beautiful. It is a, a, a congratulations. <laughs> it's a great name.
1: This is the best lockdown
0: story ever. But why alcohol free?
2: So basically, my partner is a recovering alcoholic. And he's been sober now for four and a half years. Good lad. Yeah. So when I'm enjoying tequilas or Mexican food and things like that, which we we even eat Mexican food on Christmas Day, for example. That's how much we're into it. So
1: Do you know what? Christmas dinner is to me the worst meal of the year. hate <laughs> Christmas dinner. It's rubbish. Can I come to yours yeah. next year and have, have have some Mexican?
0: Do you at least have like a turkey quesadilla?
1: No. <laughs> we,
2: yeah. we literally, we're also vegetarian as well. So then like it's a whole okay. new thing.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, maybe I won't come.
0: <laughs> so you were saying, so your partner is alcohol free.
2: Exactly, yeah. So we obviously enjoy Mexican food. We enjoy a lot of the drinks that uh, have kind of like are from Mexico but there's no such thing as obviously a tequila that was non-alcoholic that he could enjoy so that's why I thought there is definitely a gap for this that I know at least one person now who would drink it so that, that was my market research
0: <laughs> right I'm uh, gagging to try I was going to say this seems like the point I'm, gagging to try this. Right, I'm going to go and get some I've got everything ready for it so <laughs> stay there <laughs> I like the idea of having the tequila before 10 in the morning. It's fantastic. So I thought we should start with actually just a straight shot of it and get a taste of it.
2: Have you got a lime? Tequila slammers. <laughs>
0: so this is Mockingbird. This is
1: Mockingbird tequila. Here we go.
0: That's lovely.
2: Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you. It's, you know what? It is um, quite
0: sweet, isn't it?
2: Mm. Yes.
1: I like the taste of that more than I like the taste of actual tequila, because some of the tequilas I must have had are very low red, are quite sharp, or almost feel, you know, I, I presume the one they're giving me at the end of the night isn't the best tequila anyone's ever bought. That's a really nice... It does taste like tequila, by the way, though. That's um, playing with my head. I'm feeling a little bit woozy now.
0: <laughs> Should we talk about the bottle? It's
1: beautiful.
0: It is a beautiful bottle, and the, the pamphlet that came with it as well is, is beautifully designed. Wow. Um, it feels like a very giftable uh, bottle, actually, which is always a good thing.
1: <laughs> I feel like George Best. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice.
0: Is this low alcohol or completely non
2: alcoholic? It's completely non alcoholic.
1: I'm saying, any of our listeners that the non-alcoholic, you've got to get some of this. How would you get this? How do I
2: buy it? So it's available on my website, but it's also available on Amazon, um, the Alcohol Free Company, and Master of Malt. So what's your uh, what's your website? It's just www.mockingbirdspirit.com.
1: Don't they have tequila mockingbird?
0: <laughs> as a website. <laughs> You've got to have that as a website, surely. I, I presume you're not allowed to call it tequila in any way.
2: Exactly.
0: So the same as gin, there are strict rules around what is and isn't a gin. I presume... Call it what you
2: want. People <laughs> no. are
0: dying. They don't care. This is a major <laughs> tangent. Did you not hear about Meal Gibson? No. There's a woman in South America who has I'm a, having another one, by She has way. a homemade honey brand, which she started up during lockdown. The <laughs> Spanish for honey being meal... So she called her honey Meal Gibson. She's been sued by Mel Gibson and told <laughs> she can't call it that. So so, so the lawyers are still looking. Uh, I'll tell so, you what, I
1: bet this is really nice in a cocktail. Yeah, in or a, a margarita. I bet I would... this goes really well because it's got a lovely flavour to it.
0: Well, you talk amongst yourselves, I'll go and make you one.
1: Really? <laughs> but you know what? It's a, It's got that real tequila aftertaste, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, that's what I was kind of hoping to have. So, so I'm getting now
1: that tequila aftertaste that you get when you have any old tequila. Yeah. You've done a very good job there. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Well, this is the best review ever. <laughs> what are we, what are, we what are we making? What are we making, Jeff?
0: In honour of the fact that I knew you were a fan of all things Mexican, so what I picked up this morning is a, a Fever Tree Mexican lime soda.
2: Nice
0: which I thought would be good with this. Yeah, I
2: agree. It's
0: on its way to being a margarita. Mm -hmm. It's soda, lime and tequila.
2: Cheers.
0: Cheers.
1: Nice. How'd you get the tequila taste? I always presumed tequila's taste came from such a strong alcohol content. Is that not, the, isn't that not what it is? No,
2: it's so the main taste of tequila. Obviously, you will be getting that ethanol, the, the alcohol, if you're having tequila, which obviously you're not going to get with a non-alcoholic. But the main taste actually comes from the agave plant. So that's where you're getting the kind of the earthy, the smokiness and things like that. And then when I was looking at the tasting notes of other tequilas, uh, they are saying that like, they could taste a little bit like cinnamon or with vanilla. So that's when I've added in cinnamon, vanilla, um, some other extracts, uh, including habanero chili as well, so that you kind of get a little bit of a, a hit, really. Yeah, hit. rather yeah. than just...
1: There's definitely that little hit in yeah. there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, there are some things I need to ask you about because I've got here the little pamphlet that came with the bottle, mm-hmm. beautifully foiled. Um What is ashwagandha
2: (laughs) okay so yeah ashwagandha is an adaptogen so it's it's basically a herb but it's used in like ayurvedic uh, medicine to help your body to cope with any sort of anxiety or any stress and it kind of like boosts your mood makes you feel nice it's been used for hundreds of years in sort of alternative medicine but when i was looking at doing non-alcoholic spirits I thought, okay, it should obviously look good. It should obviously taste good. And then I kind of thought, what if it could actually make you feel good as well so that there was a sort of a functionality added to it? And then so if you are having kind of like your sober night out or whether you have a sober life, that's fine. But you can also maybe get a little bit happy from your drink. So and then it's obviously the opposite to what alcohol does, because alcohol can maybe sometimes make you feel more anxious or can have mental health repercussions, whereas making a functional non-alcoholic drink, I thought would be really interesting to, um yeah, just kind of add to the all experience.
0: And genuinely, this little pamphlet that comes with it is fascinating. I wrote about five questions off, off this tiny pamphlet. But um, and so what is the OG?
2: Basically, the OG stands for the original gangster, because it's the first of its kind. And I was thinking that it's kind of like the original in itself, but it's also hopefully going to start something where I want to see other non alcoholic spirits maybe going into the more functional side of things as well. But yeah, just kind of, it was just kind of a bit of a joke, just saying like we're the original.
0: <laughs> That's the immediately obvious thing with this. I think I presumed when I first saw the tweet from Mockingbird Spirit that this would be backed by, you know, a major alcoholic brand because the details are really good. There's story behind it, you know, there's a, there's a great narrative and it frankly just looks very professional. And then I think to find out that someone made it on their own during lockdown when they were Incredible. furloughed is just an extraordinary story. So absolutely, hats off to you. It wouldn't last very long, would it? <laughs> but we've limits. nearly done the bottle already. <laughs> we've drunk half a bottle of, uh, of Mockingbird <laughs> during this interview.
1: We've had some interesting stories doing this podcast. I hope this goes massive. I hope this is one of the biggest success stories. It deserves to be. It tastes great. And it's such a wonderful story.
2: Thank and it's,
1: it, look, it's a thing of
0: beauty. <laughs> That's a gift. That's a Christmas gift. It, it completely is. I'll tell you what it is. It's one of the bottles of alcohol you have outside of the drinks cabinet. It's one of the ones that you keep on <laughs> Thank show. You. That's what that bottle is. I highly recommend it. I, don't, I, can't, I can't say anything other than that, really. Just go out and buy
1: it. Forget the highly recommend <laughs> it. Everyone listening, get yourself a bottle now.
0: Well, thank you for sharing it with us, thank Fern. Thank you so much. Um, good luck with it. Fern, thank you very much and, uh, and cheers. Cheers. Yeah. More good news. Since we recorded that interview, Fern's been back in touch to offer 15% off Mockingbird for wet and dry listeners. Just use the code WET AND DRY 15. That's WET AND DRY 15 at MockingbirdSpirit.com.